shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Hi, Anna. Hi. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing good. And I was church today. It was great. Thank God. Awesome. I was just here. I guess. Um, yeah, I think she's calling other people. Yeah. I guess we have everyone. Hello. I, I guess that as we join, as we continue. So coming in. I guess others will join as well. Continue. Continue, okay. No problems. All right, all 
just uh, I'm hearing some background. Okay, I think it's gone now. Uh, Timmy, are you there? Topa. Oh, okay, I guess uh, I'll make if Opa uh, can please help us start with prayer. Okay, um, I just want us to begin to thank the Lord. I want us to begin to bless His name, begin to worship Him for bringing us together again today. Um, if you're in a quiet place, you can unmute yourself um, and then we can pray together. Let's begin to thank the Lord. Oh Jesus, we thank you. Oh Jesus, we are grateful, we are grateful. For the opportunity again to gather and learn of you. For the opportunity again to gather. For the opportunity again to learn. Oh Jesus, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Oh Parantenemeshtehadirigerosalabaragadati. For you are indeed mindful about us. You are indeed mindful about us. You are indeed mindful, mindful about us. Oh Father, we give you glory, we give you glory, we give you glory. Estani Hatan or Shali Hate Baragadatelegadusi Baragadati Empada de Kadishi Katatu de Parenti Katosi Pati Rest. Oh Jesus, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Oh Panen and Assisin and Shila Hatem and Negadavaragadati. We are mindful of your mercy. We are grateful for it, Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. We thank you for today. We thank you for today's meeting for you indeed. Teach us yourself. You indeed give us understanding. You indeed bless us with your understanding in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Amen. I want us to pray for ourselves, you know. I just want us to pray that the Lord would take away weariness from our mistress. You know, it's been it's been a it's been a, a a month, a week, and you know, it's been a lot of things. But I just want us to pray that the Lord will strengthen us together again, and the Lord will take away weariness from our midst us. The Lord will bear so great hunger amongst amongst us in the name of Jesus. Can we begin to pray for one another? Can we begin to pray for even those that are not here, even for every single one of us in the name of Jesus? Oh, Holy Spirit, you are the only one that can bless us with hunger. You are the only one that can take weariness away from our ministers. I pray, O oh God, that even at this time you will strengthen us as a people in the name of Jesus. You will bless us with so 
so great hunger in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we'll be hungry. Kakupen korum pibikasto paregedete regete pete pete minohosto paregedete fitupa emprote pesifunte minohopradi kedeste. Our growth will not be stunted. Our growth will not be stunted. Lehu prene nesusu tepisto parante. You will send help to us, O God. You will send help to us, O God. In the name of Jesus, or you will take away farming and Lord you will bless us with so much money even at this time in the name of Jesus you will bless us with so much for every single one of us in the name of Jesus oh Father we thank you because we know that you are bad. We know that you are mindful of us. We know we have that assurance. We have that assurance that we are indeed not alone. You are indeed mindful about us. You know how to you know how to bless us with your very own self. Father, we know we know that you are indeed very intentional about us. And we are indeed a people that are helped by you. Even at this time, oh God. You will help even every single one of us. You will send help. You will send help. You will help us as a people. You will help us as individuals. In the name of Jesus, you will cause so much understanding to bet for to God. You will take away weariness. You will take away weariness in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, we thank you. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you, O God. I want us to begin to pray for today's meeting. Even as we are going to continue, you know, looking at the scriptures. You know, I think we're in Corinthians 3 now. I just want us to pray that today understanding will be for Today light will be for Today we understand, we understand everything that the Lord wants to communicate to us. The Lord indeed will teach us. He will speak through his servant. He will send help. Holy Spirit will open up himself. You know, whatever minute we are going to spend together it will be so much blessing for every single heart even those that will listen online the Lord will bless the Lord will bless the Lord will indeed bless in the name of Jesus I want us to begin to pray for today's meeting that even his servant, the Lord will bless, the Lord will speak through him. In the name of Jesus, there will be so much all trans, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Oh, 
Even today, oh God, understanding will be forth. Our mind will not be swayed. Our mind will be focused. Our mind will be aligned together. We will pull that which you want us to learn today of you. In the name of Jesus, you will help us, oh God. Even to learn today. Even to learn today. It will not be business as usual. But understanding will be forth. Understanding will be forth. You will bless yourself. All trans will be forth. We will not be distracted, oh God. In the name of Jesus, help us to be aligned together. Help us to be aligned together. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Rahat, the in the name of Jesus, oh Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' precious name, we have prayed. Amen. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you because. Even as we're about to start, you will indeed start with us. You will teach us your very own self in the name of Jesus. And I pray for every single one of us, whoever is going through one thing or the other, even at this time, I ask to God that your ministering angels will be sent to them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you for understanding that it's that has been bet for today. We thank you, O oh God, because we will indeed learn of you today mm-hmm. and we will understand. It will not be business as usual, but understanding will bet for We will know that which you want us to know today in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Uh, welcome, everyone, uh, this evening. And. Uh, Thank you for joining. So we'll be continuing from from last week, and I hope uh, we all had a had a great week. Um. So before we continue today, I would just like to ask if um, maybe if we have any questions from last week uh, over the week as we you know maybe began to think more concerning what we discussed. I just wanted to see if we maybe have any questions just before we um, continue. <clears throat> okay. So, I guess no question? Mm-hmm. Okay. Alright. Um, so, uh, we are at First Corinthians chapter... Three now, uh, we did First uh, Corinthians chapter two uh, last week, and what we we see here from the thought of Paul is that Paul was dealing with uh, the Corinthians concerning what we call spiritual wisdom, because um, the Corinthians were beginning to deal. Or they were beginning to use, or maybe not that beginning. I guess they were already using um, just their own canal wisdom that they had. All let, let me put it this way: they, they were using their own senses. They were using their own kind of wisdom, because to them it is wisdom. And um, they were beginning to have some divisions among them, or the divisions in a way showed their state and it kind of showed the, the kind of wisdom 
that they are using or where their mind is at because it was evident that they are not together and they are not one in thought they are not one in mind they don't all know the same thing because um, I believe Paul was uh, addressing them um, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and I believe in verse 10 it says now I beseech you brethren by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that ye all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you. So that you speak the same thing. Um, it's not just that they, they speak with just words. Oh, okay, I'm, uh, today I'm saying we are going to church. And somebody says, oh, we are not going to church. We are going to to drink. Um, I mean, you can show up that way. But it's more talking about their, their, their mind, the way they are. They are being built up. So it's clear they don't all know the same thing because if they know the same thing, they will speak the same thing. Um, and then in verse, a little bit he started talking about man's wisdom there. And then in verse 2, also in chapter 2, he, he spent time to really demonstrate um, what's going on with them and demonstrate that they need another kind of wisdom, <clears throat> which is evident. That they need another kind of wisdom, which is the spiritual wisdom of God. And Paul was just dissecting and explaining that aspect concerning spiritual wisdom. So um, he said to them that pretty much uh, they need to understand the, the things of God. And for them to understand that, uh, they need uh, a, a wisdom that the Holy Ghost teaches it. Um, they also they need the wisdom that the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Um, that they ought to move away. I just paraphrase. They ought to move away from um, carnal mind, pretty much. Uh, and I think we have some questions which we also answered uh, um, last week. <clears throat> Amen. Um, but um, what I want to move into, oh, let me start actually. So is that uh, chapter three? After in chapter two, he had spoken to them. Uh, I just read the last verse so that we have a, a continuity there. And it says, "But he that is spiritual judges all things; yet he himself is judge of no one, no man." That's First Corinthians chapter two, verse fifteen. Verse sixteen says, "For who had known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ." So. Here, he was telling them that they need the mind of Christ. Of course, if you are uh, going to have the mind of Christ, definitely you must have the wisdom of Christ. Because uh, when you begin to talk about the mind, there are things that you can find in there, and that's wisdom, pretty much. Or how you get the mind of Christ is through a spiritual uh, wisdom. And uh, he said he didn't come to them in uh, enticing uh, words of man's wisdom. So it's, it's distinct. It's separating man's wisdom from spiritual wisdom, right? And he doesn't want them to be carnal. So in chapter, in chapter three, he then began to really, really address. Uh, well, I'll say he began to address their issue because that's where he mentioned. And I read from verse one it says, "And I, brethren." Could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For either two, you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. 
for ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom ye believed, even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither is he that planted anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now he that planted and he that watereth are one, and every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. Verse 10. Say, according to the grace of God which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, He taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise, that they are vain. Therefore let no man glory in men, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or Cephas, or the world or life or death or things present or things to come. All are yours, and ye are Christ and Christ is God's now so that's the end of the, uh, this uh, chapter and we can see here that Paul was still carrying the same thought from uh, chapter 2 uh, I think like I said last week I think that chapter chapter 2 is a key to I would say even almost all of Paul's writing not just that but also even the rest of the writing as well um, because it was particular about the spiritual wisdom. Um, so in verse 1, I say, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with meat and not with meat. For either to you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. So Paul, after dealing with them in chapter 2, that there is another wisdom which they need to, to have, which is the spiritual wisdom. Um, because the things of God can only be spiritually discerned. They can't know the things which God has prepared for them um, or 
things that God has kept in stock to them that love him. Now, because there, we, I, I don't know if you remember that he was talking about hidden wisdom, uh, which God ordained for us uh, before the uh, world unto mm. our glory. And he was really, really, really trying to shift this man's uh, mind, gaze, concerning what spiritual wisdom is. So, I guess what I wanted to say is, even in this chapter 3 here, it says, I fed you with milk and not with meat. Um, for that you were not able to bear it. Now, milk here, or the next learning after milk is meat. Now, meat is talking about the knowledge of God. That's the beginning of the learning of God. Or when we say someone knows God, um, this is what begins to uh, kickstart the activities that begins to set within a believer um, and begins to move into the knowledge of God. And I think to some degree, we also talked about it in the questions. And also Pastor Jeff, uh, I think when he started, he also uh, was explaining that aspect of knowledge. And and I think I also pick from there because I think it's just just important. Why? Because when it comes to learning or the when it comes to the learning of God, it is important that we are accustomed to what spiritual wisdom is, because it's it's what uh, I say kind of puts in or brings in the foundation for everything else. In the sense that the way knowledge is in the natural is that we have to learn something. And when we learn it, we can then begin to use that knowledge which we call wisdom in in the natural sense. So the definition for wisdom is um, according to, and I'm also referring to the teaching from Pastor Jeff as well, because he mentioned that the definition of wisdom that we all know as in to some degree that we learned when we were growing up is that wisdom is the applica- application of knowledge. Meaning that you have to apply knowledge. And when it comes to spiritual wisdom, it's different. Because you don't know before wisdom comes. So wisdom really, or if, if I'll flip it around, Wisdom is not the application of knowledge in the spirit. Wisdom in the spirit is a means by which we get knowledge. So spiritual wisdom is a means for which we get knowledge spiritually. So when the scripture is talking about wisdom, it is talking about the gathering or the putting together of information within a soul which results in knowledge. But in the natural, the way we think about spiritual, or the way we think about spirit wisdom, which sometimes can also inform our spiritual understanding of what wisdom is spiritually, is that knowledge brings wisdom. And we can see even in the way God deals with us spiritually, it's difficult to know because the way God leads is pretty much, He leads us in things we don't know so that we can know them. Pretty much that's what it is. Or or let's say maybe God lead us in a way by a wisdom which is a spiritual wisdom which is not at the point where this is happening. 
it's not a wisdom to us it's just a leading then after we were, you know we follow the leading with that we can then later on maybe on hindsight now see the this wisdom of the spirit that the holy spirit used right so oh so holy ghost was just trying to help us here but ah it's a wisdom move. but even to that degree i won't really say um that is what we call spiritual wisdom right now spiritual wisdom is now talking about knowledge so when we begin to talk about knowledge knowledge of all and when we say knowledge it's really really talking about the knowledge of god amen why because when we get born again um and we begin to know the person of the holy spirit we don't necessarily have the knowledge of god in there but to some to some degree we have you know we are building a relationship with the holy spirit we are getting to know God by the person of the Holy Spirit little by little. But most of the activities in there, if you look at it, is mostly centered on getting us much more familiar with God or with the spiritual uh, aspect or sense of things. So, for example, uh, you know, when we, before we get born again, we may not be uh, too particular about spiritual things. We may not be too particular about um, the person of God, even though we know he's there. But when we get born again, that initial stage pretty much teaches us and grow us in building a relationship with God in a measure. And that, when we look at the dealings around there, it's mostly concerning our things, our... Um, our needs, our things, what we, what we, what we, uh, we feel, uh, maybe at some point we need. Just if you look, just look at the at the dealings generally. It doesn't specifically um, start talking about the knowledge of a person um, or the person of God. Now. I guess because of time, I, I know we've uh, you know, read uh, this particular passage before, but I'm going to just open it and read it again, just for reference. And I'm going to open um, Ephesians chapter 1. Um, why I'm open, if, opening Ephesians is because Ephesians pretty much explain this aspect um, for Rose or makes it clear. Concerning what we are talking about, uh, and I read from verse seventeen. It says here, it said that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Now, um, that verse seventeen says, "He may give you the spirit of wisdom." Now, this wisdom here is not natural wisdom it's talking about spiritual wisdom so you may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so what that scripture is saying is that it will give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation for the purpose of knowing him and the him there is christ so in the knowledge of him so and if we look at um, verse 12 thereabout we see where Paul was talking to this Ephesian church and he was telling them that ah, after I have seen your love and faith towards the saint uh, that's actually verse 17 I never cease to 
pray for you and make mention of you in my prayers. So what he's saying is that I have seen your love and faith towards the saint. Now, this is almost, or this is talking about them being ready to move from milk to meat. So, I never ceased to make mention of you. So, Paul was praying for the Ephesian church to move into meat from milk. And what is and what is praying for them is that they receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Because this is a very, very important aspect when it comes to knowing God. Now, but this thing that he's praying for is very specific. It says the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Because let me put a, a, an example. You may have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of beans or rice as an example. I'm not saying it's like, I mean, that, that's exactly what it is, right? It's just an example. You may have the wisdom or, or you can have a revelation. Let me, maybe, maybe that will make um, you know, a little bit more sense in the sense that I'm just using revelation. Now, you, can, you may have revelation concerning things, but you may have a revelation that is not specific to the knowledge of God. Now, the revelation of... I hope I, I know. I may, maybe I'm having some internet um, issues. I, 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 can we all hear me, or was I breaking? Yes, sir. You're breaking. Yeah, you were breaking at the point, bro. Yeah. Okay. Because so I think looks like my internet is uh, acting up. All right. Okay. Let's hope it's better now. That's why it's better now. Okay. I can hear you clearly. Ah, pastor, sir. Good evening, sir. Amen. So, let me... Uh, Good evening, Pastor. Sorry, sir. Let me just uh, continue. So, in here, it says, Revelation in the knowledge of Him. So, like I was saying, we can have revelation um, about uh, a tree. So, for example, some people might just sit down and be looking at the tree, and then they start looking at it, and all of a sudden, they just see maybe one branch that has uh, plenty leaves and then they begin to look at the leaves and they realize, oh wow, these leaves have this kind of mark. Then all of a sudden, all kinds of revelation break through. Oh, trees like this. Because revelation really means something is revealed, right? And when we start up as uh, new believers, to some degree, we actually have revelations because when it comes to the aspect of God's domain, there's no way we can, there's no way we can deal or relate to God without things being revealed. Uh, and the reason is because where things are coming from is, uh, they're actually from a, uh, an invincible space that is not normal to the soul. Why? The soul is much more comfortable. I mean, I believe in the beginning, it wasn't like that. Uh, in the sense that I'm sure Adam was much more um, sensitive and more relatable to spiritual things than the natural thing, uh, or the natural things, because he was pretty much given dominion over natural things. Um, so of course he knows what his main goal was. He knows what his hope was. He knows what his calling was. So he didn't he didn't need to 
He didn't need somebody to come and die for him so he will, he will realize that and begin to you know, follow God. He was, he was pretty much born with the, or he was pretty much created with the knowledge of where he's going. Oh, yes, I'm supposed to learn God. I'm supposed to eat of this tree of life. Uh, and the way, only way I can do that is by, you know, learning. And, you know, God will come in the cool of the evening, you know, just to chat and just, ah, uh, and Adam, uh, this is what I want you to learn today. I'm just gisting, right? Um, but in the sense, um, right now, as, of, as, as, as it is, because of the limitations in men, or what's, what Satan has put as a limitation in men, man is much more aware of his natural environment, of the natural space, and is tied to that. So, pretty much man is tied to the earth, is tied to natural things, which ought not to be. Because a man is not supposed to be tied to such things. What man is supposed to be tied to is God. So, over time, by what Satan was doing, he began to move into men and begin to shift their gaze. You no, know, and by shifting their gaze, you know, giving them the evil eye. So what they began to see are different things. What God uh, did not intend. So, for example, now the way we study, um, um, let's say, the way we study trees and ants and animals and you know, organisms these days. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you ask Adam, then they tell you, "Do you know Amoeba?" They will tell you, "Yes, I do." Right, because the knowledge is in him. He didn't. He didn't really need to study things. So Adam was not was not prone to worship creation, right? More than the Creator, he was. He, he knew what he was meant to learn, which is who is the, which, uh, who is the, which is the Creator. He was supposed to learn the Creator, so he was more spiritually inclined compared to uh, this time now that Satan has walked over time on men, and we are more predisposed to the natural. So for God to shift us from that place and sphere of things god had to move men and start dealing with them with spiritual things and part of that is giving of the holy ghost and when holy ghost descend on men right that's what kickstarts the process of men being aware of another space than the natural and i mean if you think about it i'm not sure if it's even if men is that that much uh, when we look at the, the reality of things, men deal with the spiritual every day because man is a spirit. Um, but the, the the way the soul is tied is is desensitized from that sphere to ignore that area too much. But when Holy Ghost came, we begin to you know tweak uh, our our person whereby we are more spiritually inclined. So in a measure. We begin to have. We there's no way we can, you know, deal with God without revelation. I guess that's what I'm explaining. So, in a measure, Holy Spirit will begin to work in us and begin to, you know, move us and begin to give revelations concerning things of God, but not necessarily teaching the knowledge of God or teaching the knowledge of Him, which Ephesians referred to here, right? And of course, the Knowledge of him here, like I said earlier, is Christ. Because that's what we learn first. That's the meat of the word. So we have to learn the meat. And, uh, like we've you know, moved from that Corinthians. It says, I have taught you with milk and not with meat. 
So Paul was actually referring to when they were still babes, when they were not yet ready for meat. And therefore, he had to just teach them in that space, in that sphere. And of course, he was expecting them to grow. But obviously, based on their actions and what they are doing, hopefully this internet will not cause trouble. Okay. Based on what they were doing, um, they were showing traits of souls that haven't grown at all. And he said, now they are not yet able to receive meat, meaning that they are not yet ready for the, for growth. They need to move from milk to meat, so they need to grow. Even in things concerning milk, they ought to grow. Now, part of what milk even ought to do, like, uh, uh, like we can read from there, is that it ought to deal with things like divisions, right, which they were seeing. And if we go back to that, First Corinthians, then we begin to see um, First Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, let me just read from verse verse uh, 3. It says, For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions. Now, the key word, okay, so the words I'm looking at is envy and strife, right? Envy and strife and division. Are ye not carnal? And walk as men, meaning this thing is tricks for men that are still carnal, right? And of course, a carnal soul, what a carnal soul take is milk. So he had to teach them with milk, right? Because they were carnal. And of course, I think like I, like we discussed in last week, you know, carnality doesn't necessarily mean unbelievers, right? To be carnal is talking about the state of a soul, the way a soul is. So there's you have carnal soul. An unbeliever is carnal. A newborn believer that is taking it can also be carnal. But we ought to move from carnality to being spiritual or to be spiritually minded. So, and for us to move from carnality to being spiritually minded or to be spiritual, we need spiritual wisdom. So, you see, Paul in chapter 2 was talking about that spiritual wisdom. Because what that would do eventually, of course, is to move men from where they are to begin to learn what they ought to learn, which is the knowledge of God, starting with the knowledge of Christ. Amen. So, Paul took time and began to talk about that aspect. So, you, can, you, you are fed you with milk and not with meat. For either to you are not able to bear it, neither yet are ye now, yet now are ye able. For ye are yet carnal. For whereas there is among you, and then and strife and divisions. Now, if I go to, because uh, I just wanted to that area of envy, strife, and division, just to uh, show us an aspect there um, that um, Paul, Peter also mentioned concerning milk. Right now, let me go to First Peter chapter two, verse one, and it says, "Wherefore, laying aside all malice." And all guile and hypocrisies and envies. Now you notice you mentioned envies here, and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. So Peter here was talking and he was saying that 
you ought to leave certain things like envies, no guile, malice, hypocrisies. Now, this is is referring things that milk ought to deal with, right? Um, the same way Paul in First Corinthians chapter two, uh, oh, sorry, chapter three, began to talk about. Are you not yet cannot for where there's among you envying, strive, and divisions? Now, that's one thing that I found that the apostles do, that they, they try to mention some of these things that you can find in souls, right? It says, divisions, are you not yet carnal and work as men? So, part of carnality in the soul is division. It's clear. But milk ought to deal with that. So, Paul was very, very, I would say, I don't know if he was very, but you know, just looking at his thoughts, it's almost as if you know, you're, you're writing with, with sadness, that, are you are you people not carnal? For wherein among there's envy and strife and divisions, like these are things that milk should deal with. And I came to you, I taught you milk, which you should have used to even deal with these things. I didn't even teach you meat, because you can't bear it. And of course, you, you can't even move into meat with all these kind of things. I was I was particular about your state. I didn't neglect your state. I knew you were uh, carnal, so I taught you with milk, not with meat. So you can deal with these things. Then Paul, um, later on in chapter, uh, in, in that chapter three, as he was going further, uh, we can read from four or five. So then he now began to address what Paul was pretty much doing up until you know, later on down there is to address that division mind, whereby you know, I'm Apollos, I'm of Paul. Paul was trying to get them to think, uh, to come to the same mind, to deal with that problem. So that's all he was doing there. But I guess um, I guess I just wanted to just talk around that knowledge area because it's very key, right? So uh, we read that Ephesians one where Paul was saying they ought to move right from well, so they ought to move from milk to meat. So pretty much they ought to move like he was praying for the Ephesians. Say after I've seen your faith and love. Towards the saint, so these ones have grown. They never make, I never cease to make mention of you in my prayer. That the Father of Lord Jesus God will give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. So when Holy Ghost is dealing with us when we get born again, there's some level of revelation that comes with the Word. So I don't forget that thought. And He begins to reveal things towards concerning God to us. Uh, let's say you know we are reading our Bible. He begins to you know make us see things from another world, from God's world. Like, um, uh, if we read further, but that's way, way, way later further in this Corinthians, I believe in chapter 12, where Paul began to still talk about this, this issue. Say they were in time past carried away by dumb idols, right? Because Paul was still dealing with some of their, some of their issues with carnality, right? He was saying that, say concerning spiritual, I will not have you ignorant or concerning spiritual gifts. I will not have you ignorant means that. They shouldn't be ignorant of spiritual things, amen. So, pretty much that spiritual that being spiritual is very, very key. So, Holy Ghost is the first step towards becoming spiritual. Then, when we're about to move into being spiritual, then we begin to receive wisdom, which is a spiritual wisdom which searches, which begins to put things together. Wisdom begins to bring the light of God to us. I guess that's what I can I can say there. So when it comes to the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, um it is it is 
it is um, wisdom that begins to bring that light to us. Or let me put it this way. The first light we encounter is the light that wisdom brings. So wisdom is he that searches, is a searcher. Uh, like I'm trying to explain that aspect of, and I think Pastor Jeff also explained it a bit, is the searcher, is the one that brings knowledge. So wisdom and revelation is actually wisdom and, uh, uh, let me put it, uh, let me read it in Isaiah 11, because it's where, I'm, I'm, and I think we read that please. Sorry, I, I hope I, I hope it's okay to read it. I know no, we've read it before, but I don't know if it's, if it's um, it's okay, I guess it should be. Um, I don't think it's ever too much to read the Bible. Uh, Isaiah 11, verse 1 says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesus, and a branch shall go out of the root. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon it, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, and the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding. So the, the first two spirits they mentioned here is the spirit of wisdom and understanding. It's the same thing. That efficiently talking about when he says the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Why? Because wisdom and revelation eventually would lead to knowledge. Because if you read that Isaiah 11, you see where you talk about the spirit of uh, uh, of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Right? So that's the end of things. So there is flow of information. And how it com- the, the information comes first by wisdom. And then, the next, the, 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 there are still work yet to be done based on what we received by revelation that will eventually end in knowledge. Amen. And what we call spiritual knowledge is the, and I think Pastor Jeff also mentioned it, is the, 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 I'm, I'm to say, the knowing of God that, has, that is sitting upon the soul. Not just in hearing or knowing of it before. So, what the wisdom does is it begins to bring everything together and arrange them. I begin to bring it to a soul. So, it begins to bring light. And one of the things wisdom does, it begins to bring light in the scripture, which is much more with a purpose. And that purpose is to reveal Christ to a soul. So wisdom will reveal Christ to a soul. And that's what wisdom does. So you begin to reveal it. Revelation. So revelation is to know. I don't know if, because I know I was talking about that, that thought. I don't know if I finished it. Um, I guess that's why we are here. Um, so like I was saying earlier, so when wisdom is revealing the person of God, now I want to, I want, I'm just trying to separate this aspect to the revelation that we have when we begin to come into the knowledge, or when we, be, when we get born again, I will begin to walk with the Holy Spirit. There is a revelation we receive, is a, is, is, is a sense of revelation, right? It's a revelation that comes, that begins to open a believer into the world of God, how to relate with scripture, how things flow from God to a believer, right? Things of God beginning, because in chapter 2 of Corinthians, Paul saying, the things of God are spiritually discerned. Now, Holy Ghost is tweaking and tweaking our soul in such a way that we are learning to discern spiritual things, right? It doesn't necessarily mean that we're beginning to receive what they call spiritual things, which are the thing, the very, very thing of God, not just an information that comes in the spirit, if that makes sense, right? Because there are many things you can call um, 
or not. But for example, you can call, let's say, Holy Spirit, uh, as you are walking by the street, one day just say, you know what? Why don't you take the other street? Don't take this first street today. Take uh, second street. Uh, it will be better. And then when you are taking it, I realize that, oh, wow. Ha, I was led by the Spirit. I, I, I'm in the Spirit. I'm in the Spirit. God, uh, no, no, I, I didn't uh, no, take that route. I didn't follow my natural senses, which is a sense that Holy Ghost begins to teach a believer. Right? It is a sense. And that what that really does to us, it, it begins to move us and shift us towards living a kind of life. Right? Learning, to be, how, to, learning how to work in a certain way. And the goal of that, if you look at it, is also trying to shift a believer from walking the way a natural man will walk. And then we began to see in Ephesians chapter 4 where Paul began to address the Ephesians and say that, that you walk, that you don't walk as other Gentiles walk. Now, the way Gentiles walk that he was referring to is where a carnal or a natural man would walk, Right? So there's a sense of that that Holy Ghost begins to deal with, right? So we can call maybe Holy Ghost leading us to take a street and a, a form of revelation. Or maybe as we are reading Bible, all of a sudden it dawns on us, ah, I shouldn't do this. Okay, ah, revelation, no, rema, word, knowledge. Now, it's possible that we can come into you know, knowledge or revelation, but not necessarily the knowledge of the person of God. Now, when God begins to deal with this, I begins to move and shift focus to the inward nature of the soul. The purpose of that is to switch a knowledge in the soul to another knowledge. So, what God will begin to do is he begin to you by the first encountering wisdom or the spirit of wisdom, which is spiritual wisdom which begins to shift a believer's attention from our own thing into God's very thing, what God cares about. Amen. Now, I'm not saying God doesn't... So let, the example I want to give is that, that God leads us to... Know, maybe you say go to First Street, but later I say, no, no, don't take First Street. Take uh, Second Street. We can relate with that as, you know, God is leading us, that's revelation, right, in a sense. But when we look at that, what God is still dealing with inside a soul, in that the kind of training, is still concerning us. You realize that take first street, sorry, take second street instead of first street has nothing to do with the person of God living inside a soul. Now, what if we take it, what that will really benefit? Is us that Holy Ghost is leading. So it is us that that benefits. So that benefits us in the, if we follow that instruction. So even after we follow that instruction, it doesn't mean that after we've obeyed that instruction, a knowledge has shifted inside of us. After we've obeyed that instruction, we can still go ahead. In the next, maybe second, maybe we meet somebody on the road that has um, offended us in the past. And we see the person coming. And because we see the person coming, we are, we are already saying, oh, this person coming. I don't think I will just look at this person's face today. I just greet and go. Amen. So it's possible that God just let the soul. Oh, don't take this straight. Take that. But 
when that comes to inward natures, because that, that kind of things, where somebody's coming and then we are remembering the old thing that has happened, or how we don't want to, to you know, be friends with someone, those are things inside the soul that you don't just yank away or take away like that. Now, to begin to deal with that, you need another knowledge in the soul. And the only knowledge that a soul needs is the knowledge of God. And how a soul can get the knowledge of God is first by giving that soul the knowledge of Christ. And that is what wisdom is here for. So wisdom, the spirit of wisdom, when it comes upon a believer, it now begins to shift the heart of a believer towards the things of God specifically concerning so the same way let's say the holy holy spirit is leading us to take one street instead of the other which benefits us is also looking to lead us in such a way that the benefit is both of us and of god i use both of us and of god but really what i want to say is that the benefit is of god now but in reality it's actually for our own benefit still but much more concerning the things of God, not just our own thing anymore. So, for example, there is something inside God's heart. The same way, there's, what is, let's say, what is in our heart now is, oh, my career, I, or let's say a particular example, I want to get my permanent residence. That is what is in our heart. What that thing will benefit is us, right? So, if we want to get permanent residence, so we're doing everything we can to make sure we do it. We can even get Holy Spirit leading us in different areas in that on how to get it. Oh yes, I caught him with it. Ah yes, I get it now. Yes, thank God. But you look at it, it's still us. There's I mean, if you just take that particular thing and check, okay, God, what do you need it for? Just raw like that. There's nothing God needs it for. That doesn't mean God can't use it to achieve something inside of us. But to God, it doesn't really need this to him, whether you have that or not, it does it hasn't stopped his plan concerning us, concerning what he really wants from us and what what really wants to give us that hasn't stopped that now because we can be anywhere in the world and god can still get things done right so god is not limited by our situation around us so when we are you know talking about dealing with god and god doing things for us specifically things that concern and that benefits us that is not god's own desire god's own want what is what is in the same way you can have a child and as the child grows, you know, they, get, they gain more will. And at some degree, you may want something, but that child may want something else. And as the child is growing up, it gets to a point where you can't just say, okay, you know what, you, you child, um, I want you to sit down here and not go anywhere. You know what, as they are growing up, they will be able to you know, obey some of those instructions, right, of course. And I mean, that doesn't mean that when they grow up, they will still obey it. But they get to some degree where they have some, some sense of... Ah, that did not mean you can't just be telling me like this now. You know, I think so. you know what? Is this is this the issue? You know what? Uh, let me just move out. If I move out, I'll see who you tell not to you know, not to go anywhere and sit down. You no, know, those things like that. And there's nothing we can do. But a child can really look and say, hmm, what's inside? What did what did mommy say I should not go anywhere? Okay, you know what? Mom, why did you say I should not go anywhere? What's really the issue? And then you know, they can begin to talk heart to heart and then okay, this is the reason. I don't want this and that to happen to you. And then hmm, okay. So that's what you really want. Okay, yes, that's what I want. Okay, no, no worry, I'll do it. Or let's say, let's say part of it is, uh, the reason why I don't want you to go out is I really, really need to buy a few things and the only person that can go for me is you. But if you leave now and you go out and I come back and you're not here, there's nobody to help me. Now, 
to a child you might think ah well that doesn't i don't care uh, it's man, man you can always find your way but another child can look and say ah, you know what oh you really need this oh no problem i won't go anywhere i'll go for you instead and i see that there's a shift from just things that benefit the child alone but the child is actually much more concerned about what is in the heart of his or her parent right and that is another aspect for us when it comes to our relationship with God. So when we're working with God, there's actually something in God's heart that has to do with his eternal purpose. And that is him eventually residing upon us and inside us. That is the goal. And the way for him to do that, he needs to ensure that they remove a knowledge inside our heart and they replace it with another knowledge. So they are replacing it with the knowledge of God first with Christ. So it is the exchange of knowledge for knowledge. And the beginning of that process is the exposure of a soul to the spirit of wisdom. So the spiritual wisdom is now what now begins to bring things together inside the heart and it begins to teach and begins to teach, begins to teach, begins to move upon the heart and it begins to uh, bring things uh, of God to his soul, right? And it begins to bring knowledge. And of course, how it, it's, God does that also is also by scripture, right? Because what the spirit of wisdom is going to begin to reveal to you is the word. So it's not going to just bring a random a random um, thing and begin to show to a believer and say, you know what? Or for example, you just take a bottle of water and say, see this bottle of water is God. See this water? Just drink it, you'll be okay. I mean, that, that is not going to do, do anything in So, right? So what the spirit of wisdom will do is it will begin to bring the light of the scripture in with a specific goal, with the purpose of revealing the light of Christ to a soul. Right? And um, just hanging on to that you know, revealing of the person of God of Christ. I'll just quickly read Romans 1. Let me go to the book of Romans. So Romans 1 and I'll go to verse uh, 16. So 16 it says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So Paul was specific. He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God Unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for therein, see, inside of this gospel is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So, what I want us to just bring out in the scripture is that. Revealed. He said the righteousness of God is revealed by faith, sorry, from faith to faith. So what the, the purpose of wisdom or spiritual wisdom coming upon a soul and then begins to reveal the things of God by the scripture is to reveal the person of Christ, like I said. And I'm just using this Romans 1 to, to reference. It says the gospel of Christ. Paul said he's not ashamed of it. For inside that gospel is something revealed which is faith, right? The 
power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it. Quickly, then to verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. So the purpose of that is actually to reveal righteousness upon the soul. Right? To re- expose righteousness to a soul. And and the sincere truth is that even as, even as much as there's some sense of righteousness that we learn when we you know, start getting born again, but we, we actually haven't really, really started learning that. It is when we begin to you know, engage the knowledge or being exposed to the knowledge through wisdom, we begins to come and begins to reveal to a believer, what righteousness is, right? The same way this Romans is talking about, you know, the righteousness of God is revealed. So I'm just talking about being revealed and Ephesians 1 that says the spirit of wisdom and revelation, which is actually wisdom and understanding, right? Because when wisdom brings the knowledge, brings the information, it is understanding that makes us understand it and understand what is being revealed. Because it is possible that something is revealed and we understand it in a very, very, uh, 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 we understand it. Or let me put this: we understand it with our natural understanding. The same way we can have natural wisdom and begin to use that, right? Even our natural wisdom that we call or what we call man's wisdom is a problem, and God needs to shift a soul from using that to using spiritual wisdom. So the same way. We uh, spiritual wisdom is coming and it's teaching the knowledge and the person of God. When that knowledge sits upon a soul, it's supposed to instruct a soul. It's supposed to instruct us. And when that happens, what we begin to see is that the spiritual wisdom that we that has been working upon us is actually being made manifest. Right? When we respond to what is being taught, or we respond to the knowledge, right, of God that is sitting upon us. Amen. So um, spiritual wisdom is very, very essential. We can see why Paul began to pray for the Ephesian church. Because it is, is the entrance into the knowledge of the person of God. So let me quickly go back to, uh, I think I spent a lot of time in there. Uh, and I'll go to First Corinthians chapter 3 that we started. And then I'll begin to just read the rest of the verses. Up until the end, um, I don't know if we have any question in that area. If I need to just you know, let me know, uh, but let me go further. So I read from verse three that we stopped. Say, for ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envy and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? For while one said, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, are ye not carnal? So he's talking about you no, know, they are division their mind say for why one said i am of paul and another that's pretty much division so one who then is paul and who is apollos but ministers by whom ye believed even as the lord gave to every man so paul began to in a way try to address that division and begin to bring their knowledge and understanding into how to deal with this issue and come into the same mind the same thing right he's trying to deal with that division and in them say so then neither is he that planted anything and that he that watereth but God that giveth the increase. So it's pretty much saying to them that you shouldn't have preference. Now, whether it is Paul or Apollos, you shouldn't have preference because it is still God's work that we are doing. Right? It says who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but ministers by whom ye believe. So they are saying that we are both ministers. Even as the Lord gave to every man, say, I have planted, 
Apollos watered. So he's talking about different works they are doing, specifically he planted, and then Apollos watered. It, is, it says, but God gave the increase. So he's saying that it is still the same work, right? The importance here, what they should look at is the increase rather than who is doing what, right? And of course, we can see later on what Paul uh, says uh, he planted, right? Say so then neither is he that planted anything. So he's saying, even me that planted, neither he that watered Apollos that watered, we are nothing, we are both nothing. Say, but focus on what? On God. Say, but God that gave the ink, so but God that giveth the increase. Say, now he that planted and he that watereth are one. So pretty much say, both of them are one. And every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. And I know um, uh, Pastor Jeff also mentioned this aspect about what God is doing in his soul when it comes to you know, that aspect of knowledge, what God really wants, right? So when God, God's, God's desire, God's desire uh, is to is to eventually move into us, pretty much, right? Because he wants to dwell with us, according to Revelation chapter twenty-one. Said the tabernacle of God is when and God shall dwell with them, and right shall dwell with them. So God really, really wants to dwell with us, and he can't do that if he is to dwell. Then he has to raise a building in the soul. So if he has to raise a building in the soul, then he needs materials available inside the soul. Which, you know, the same way somebody wants to build a, a house, you know, maybe here in Canada, the first thing you do is that they, they, you know, they have to clear the land, pretty much, you know, dig foundation, and then you need all, all the things you're doing. For you to clear the land, you need a, you need a tractor or a, a bulldozer, pretty much. You need a driller that can drill, and then you need materials for concrete to, to pour in into the foundation. Right, and then you also need materials to begin to raise the framing of the building. As you are framing the building, then you also need materials to begin to put drywalling to you know just complete the structure so that it is you know standing single. Right, first plywood outside, then drywall inside. Now those are materials. Then you begin to see that there's a lot of materials that comes in for the purpose of raising a building. Now, what makes those materials available within a soul? Is spiritual wisdom really right? Not just that alone, spiritual wisdom and understanding is the counsel and mind, right? Eventually leading to fear of the Lord and knowledge, right? And of course, we know fear of the Lord is not just fear, it's actually love, really. Amen. So, um, there are supposed to be materials inside, but when God, you know, the, the same way somebody can buy a house here, and then when you move in there. You notice that so, you know, they can leave certain things there, like let's say maybe bad wall, maybe there's no furniture and things. But you now need, ah, you know what? Let me do some renovation. You move them, you now begin to remove certain things that are bad, and you begin to replace them. You maybe repaint and make sure everything is looking nice. The same way when God, when we get born again, the materials or the building that is inside is a terrible one. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not a befitting abode for God. So God can't stay there. God can live there. Then what God needs to do, or what God is doing rather, is that God is now beginning to supply 
things because his intent really is to build. So Paul is referencing that work that God is doing within his soul. Say ye are God's building. So meaning that say ye are God's building doesn't necessarily mean that they are already building yet. Pretty much he's saying God is building them. Right? Say ye are God's husbandry. So he's also using farming. But I mean, well, we call it farming. But you know, husbandry is pretty much you know taking care of uh, almost like, like a garden, you know, just you know, taking care of a garden, pruning and cutting, making sure everything is in nice and uh, nice shape and looking nice. Amen. So, um, Paul is saying that, that we are just laborers together with God. You are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. So, God is building you. And like I said earlier, when God, when we get born again and God is looking into the soul, he's seeing different things. He's seeing, ah, inside this thing, there is no, there's no information that we can use to install my knowledge inside this soul. He's seeing, uh, let's say car, house, shoe, cloth, uh, job, uh, kids, um, different things. I mean, I'm just seeing uh, normal things. What else? Uh, I'm even saying that other things that God is seeing is like envy, strife, um, hypocrisies, these things that you no know, Paul and Peter you know, mentioned. So you see all these things. And it can't just come in there and stay there because that that those materials are not they can't be used for God's house. So God needs to renovate. So God needs to really pull down the building inside the soul and begin to supply materials and begin to prepare the ground to raise a new building in the soul, which is the need for spiritual wisdom. Right? But God is now letting the these believers, these Corinthians know that they are God's project, really. And they should begin to look inward like that. They shouldn't be looking towards what canal men will mind, what canal men would care about, like divisions. And what really uh, causes division, really, is once maybe one is saying that ah, maybe the way the way uh, Paul is speaking is also more, ah, I don't like the way Apollos. Well, see, me, I am of Paul. Apollos, uh, you people are Apollos' uh, disciple, maybe, and maybe those ones that are from Apollos are like, ha, I love the way Apollos talks, but I don't really always understand the way Paul is talking. See, oh, me, I am of uh, Apollos. Now, Paul is saying that they are not really, really looking towards God's main goal. They are using a natural sense. They are using a carnal mind. They are using man's wisdom. Now, what you can find in man's wisdom is pride. What you can find in man's wisdom is exalt, being exalted above measure. Amen. And you can see it already causing divisions among them. So Paul is beginning to move the believers inward, more inwardly, to focus more inwardly than outward expressions. Right. Now, they should not be looking at things that because what they are teaching are demonstrated by the Spirit uh, and of God, of course, by the word. I says that they shouldn't look that, but they should focus more on God's work in what, which is God's building. So in verse 10, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. So he's saying that it is still the same work. I laid the foundation. Now the foundation, of course, that 
uh, is talking about is Christ. Because we'll see later where he mentioned that there's no other foundation that, that any man can lay except that which is Christ. But we'll read it in a few seconds. It says, I have laid the foundation and another builder, but let every man take heed how he buildeth thereon. So he's really, really talking about the building in the soul, what God is building. So as believers, we should be uh, conscious of God's building inward, what God is building. Really, really that's what God cares about, right? It says, um, another bit there, there upon it, for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. So no other foundation can no man lay, right? Than, than that is laid. That, see, there's no other foundation you can lay except that which is already laid. That's what he's saying then. And that what is laid is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, a stubble. Now, Paul began to talk about different things that you can actually raise, right? Uh, inside the soul. Now, all these things that they're talking about, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, they, they are actually talking about the, the quality of a soul, certain things you can raise a soul to do. And, and of course, this thing is not just uh, what these uh, apostles are doing alone. Because when the apostles minister, a soul is also responsible for receiving the teaching and using that as a building within the soul, right? So, Paul is not saying that uh, for other foundation, no man that that is there, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest. How? For the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Now, Paul is not beginning to talk about a dimension or let's say an aspect of growth uh, when it comes to growth in Christ. Say, if you are building, don't forget, there's going to be a point where things will be tried because there's no way you go through this lens without tribulations, right? Because when I say tribulation, it means the trial of... Uh, of, of, of our, uh, just the word so, right? Which Paul sometimes may, you know, or we can see in scripture, or sometimes say call light afflictions, or sometimes you see maybe in the book of Revelation, they're talking about tribulations, or Matthew, where they begin to talk about tribulations, but I'm not, just because of time, I'm not going to go there much. Uh, but uh, just to give a sense, he's talking about certain, uh, Paul's talking about certain things that a soul can be raised to, but these things that a soul will be raised to, this building that can be raised in so we actually go through fire, which is for the purpose of refining the materials used in building, right? It's going to go through fire, and when it goes through fire, the act, what is actually built will be revealed. Meaning that if what is built in there is, after, is really, really after Christ, because you know, there's no other foundation than any man can lay, right? which means that I have laid the foundation of Christ, then what should be built upon that is Christ. If you build anything else apart from Christ, if it passes through fire, it won't stand, right? It will be burned. So, and when it, because going through fire is actually, it's part of the stage of growth or it's part of the phase or growth phase because God can't just look at, you know, okay, you've received the knowledge, but we need to know if that thing is actually actually seated up inside the soul. And that's part of the purpose for trial, where to ensure that the soul has actually learned the knowledge of God, right? Shall be revealed by fire, 
and shall try every man's work of what sort it is. So we need to know what exactly built is to their souls. So we need to try it and know what sort it is. We need to check it. Is it of God's material? Is it a material that can withstand fire? Amen. Because this fire, of course, is not just any fire. It's not leak fire. It's God's own fire. Amen. Uh, it shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Of course, you know, uh, what Paul is saying here is that even though, of course, I mean, you are born again, and you can't just lose your salvation, you know, just like that, in the sense that it is possible that you, you, are, you actually love God, you are learning, just that certain thing just didn't sit inside the soul. A typical example is maybe a believer that got born again on their dying bed, and they died, and that they, have, they, 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 they didn't have opportunity to walk and grow and uh, be raised in their soul. Of course, you can compare that to somebody that obeyed God and obeyed and obeyed and obeyed and kept obeying and certain things have been raised inside the soul. Of course, when they check the two, of course, the other person won't go to uh, to hell, right, and just born forever, but they have to not check their work. And of course, we can see these sins in the book of uh, Corinthians as well, further, right, in chapter 15, where Paul began to talk about different bodies, right, and talking about different glories, right, and he's saying that star differs in glory. Of course, it's, of, it's, it's talking about the same sense here, right, whereby, of course, we won't all be the same. We can't all be the same because the work inside us that has been done will be revealed, right? And what the, the scripture will call work here is actually what results in knowledge or let me put this is what actually the is the is the work is the product of knowledge if a soul has come into knowledge there is works that that kind of soul will do so for example if a soul has learned to be meek now when situation is presented where the soul have legal legal rights not to be meek in any way and it chooses to now, the soul responding to be meek is actually a work that has been done, or is a is is that that kind of response is as a result of the knowledge of God that is inside that soul. Uh, I hope I you know, I'm able to explain that. So let me just read to verse sixteen. I says, "No, you not, because time has gone. And, you know, I guess we are in the, almost in the question time. So let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seemed to be wise in this world," Let him become a fool that he may be wise. So we see Paul also referencing back to what he was saying in chapter 2 here. And I know Paul, I believe Paul was dealing a lot seriously with man's wisdom here. Now, what he's saying here is uh, in that verse 18, say, let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world. Now, that, that's talking about man's, natural man's wisdom, which he was dealing with in chapter 2. Say, so let him become a fool that he may be wise. He's saying, becoming a fool is also like almost responding to the foolishness of preaching that he referred to in chapter 2. It says, so God had chosen, oh, let me actually read it. Uh, in chapter 2, he says in verse um What verse is that? To confirm the wise. That true foolishness of preaching. 
Just looking for that. I don't know when I'm rushing like this. That's when I don't. I can't find them in the in the verses. Just right here. But I just want to read it from the scripture. Hmm. Is it chapter one, verse twenty-one? Is it chapter one? Oh, I think it was chapter one then, verse twenty-one. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was close to the end there. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. It's for after that, in the wisdom of God. The world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Right? So there's a way we should be able to respond to the foolishness. What is the foolishness of preaching? Which means there's a there's a way. Foolishness of preaching means that a natural man can't see the wisdom in learning to to to, to just hear you know, preaching. The way God will preach to a soul to convert that soul. Right, the, a natural man will not see wisdom there, but God is calling that kind of a position a, a soul that is being wise. Right, if a soul is being wise, it can actually sit down and receive preaching, which God is doing to a soul, and receive it, and not go the way a natural man would go. Right, a natural man will not see any value in the preachings. Right. But then you just go further, and it says, it says no. Uh, Say no, you know that you are the temple of God, and that the spirit of God dwells in you. If any man defile the temple, oh, okay, it looks like I jumped, because mm. I I didn't read that verse sixteen before I moved to eighteen. But let me look. Go to sixteen. It says no, you know that you are the temple of God. That's after I said the work. Uh, it shall be saved by fire. So no, you know that you are the temple of God, and that the spirit of God dwells in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. So he's still, he's, he's, he's still uh, talking to them concerning uh, the soul there, uh, which of course is supposed to be the temple of God. Right? So no, you know that ye are the temple of God, and the and that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. Of course, we know that the spirit of God dwells in us, in our spirit, right? So, so if any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. Now, to defile the temple of God, it means that, you know, where God calls temple um, is actually us as a being, entirely, really, right? Now, if God hasn't taken, if God takes the spirit but hasn't taken the soul, right? And, of course, the body, because the body will follow suit. Because uh, that, that particular part, that soul part, is very, very essential. God needs to take that part, now, because once the soul is taken, the body will follow suit. And you see that God wants to erect his building. He wants to erect his temple within the soul. And it is possible for a soul to actually defile the temple, which means, you know, it is, when we say we are born again, it's not as if, you know, once saved, forever saved. It is still possible for a soul to defile the temple and even tell God to his face, God, I don't want you, right? And that kind of a soul, of course, God will have, will have no choice but to, to destroy that soul. So Paul is kind of giving them a sense there. Then in verse 18 says, Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become a fool, of course, to subject himself to the way God gives wisdom or God gives things, that he may be wise. So when God begins to 
you know, answer to that kind of soul, the first thing God will do is God will make that soul wise, right? And when he makes the soul wise, the soul will begin to bring forth things. It will begin to search the heart, begin to search God, and then begin to bring the knowledge of God, coupled with understanding, into the soul, right? Begin to bring revelation of God. Begin to reveal the righteousness of God uh, in a soul. Begin to reveal that. And then, of course, when a soul begins to learn that, it will become wise. So, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Now, it's the same thing that Paul has been dealing with in, since chapter 1, 2, which, you know, Paul, Paul knows that this attitude of, the, of these Corinthians, that they're beginning to have divisions, is pretty much tied to man's wisdom. Right? And he knows that this attitude is tied to the way the world is, which seems to be wise to them, was actually foolishness. Because everything outside God's wisdom is foolishness. Nobody is Everybody is foolish until you begin to receive the wisdom of God. So foolishness there, I'm not, I'm, I, it's not particularly just saying that ah, this person is, is a fool. Though. You know, the same way we, we consider somebody a fool, right? To God, a fool is he who rejects God's life. If that makes sense. So, therefore, the wisdom, say, let no man deceive himself. Any man among you is meant to be wise in this world. Let him become a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise. The wise here is actually referring to the foolish ones, right? That he mentioned just a few a sentence earlier say for the wisdom of this word is foolishness to God. So when we say the thought of the wise, eh, God is talking about the wisdom of this world, the ones that are wise by the reason of the wisdom of this world. So the Lord knoweth the thought of the wise. Or if I want to change that aspect to make it a lot more clear, I say the Lord knoweth the thought of them, right, that have or that use the wisdom of this world. That they are vain. Lord knoweth that the thought of the wise, that they are vain. That they are vain, right? Now, we can see a similarity here. I think maybe I will just branch quickly to read a passage that will give us just a little bit more clarity concerning that aspect. Say that they are vain. Because uh, it shows the way a, a Gentile would walk. According to Ephesians uh, chapter 4. I'll go there, Ephesians chapter 4, <clears throat> I'll go to verse uh, 17, 18, I'll read from 17 actually, I say, this I say therefore, Ephesians 4, 17, this I say therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, how? In the vanity of their minds, having the understanding darkened. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Amen. And we see, see there are attributes here, but because of time, I may, I may not be able to just you know, go in depth on them. It says, in the vanity of their minds, which is the vanity which then we are coming from in the book of uh, 1 Corinthians, right? It says that the wisdom of the world is pretty much that it is vain. The Lord knows that it is vain. Now, this vanity is attributed to the way a Gentile would work, or would walk, sorry. So, enforce, walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. And this vanity of, the, of mind, to them, is a wisdom. 
says, having the understanding darkened. Now, this understanding that is darkened is what needs to be enlightened, which is why Paul was praying for the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God. So that the eyes of their understanding being enlightened. The eyes of understanding was darkened because it was the evil eye, according to Matthew 6. Right? Say, the, the, the light of the body is the eye, right? I'm just paraphrasing. So if um, your eye is single, your body will be full of light. But if the eye is evil, the light in the body is darkness. If the light that is in thee is darkness, how great is that darkness, right? So it's talking about darkness coming upon a soul as a result of the evil eye. Of course, what that results into is a darkened understanding, right? And darkened understanding is removed by understanding being enlightened according to the light of wisdom amen so i'll go back to first uh, corinthians chapter three and i'll go to the very last verse there okay now i'll, I'll read from verse 19 because that's where verse, so for the wisdom of this world is foolishness with god for it is written he taketh the wise in their own craftiness then verse 20 and again the lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain therefore let no man glory in men for all things are yours so now this statement that paul is saying is pretty much just to address their heart says let no man glory in men for all things are yours so he's saying that to deal with that division mind right all things are yours instead of say whether paul or apollos so instead of saying i'm paul and apollos no don't you people should focus on what god is doing inside you which is the raising of his building where he will eventually dwell. Why? Because all things are yours. And it's because of a kanamai that you can't see that. But a kanamai will, will realize that this one is mine, that one is mine. You know, the, 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 that's your own, this is my own. No, that's, that's a natural mind. Says, for all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Savers of the world or life or death or things present or things to come, all are yours and ye are Christ and Christ is is God. Pretty much, Paul is saying that you would, all that is in you eventually, because all things are yours. Of course, these all things is not just you know, anything, but of course, eventually, uh, it is also referring to uh, both spiritual and natural estate, but of course, not specifically about natural. It's talking about spiritual things, right? So all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or, or, or Saphas, or the world, or life, or death, or things present, or things to come, all are yours, then ye are Christ, because they are to end in Christ. Of course, and Christ is God, and eventually we will end in God. So that's what that is saying. So we'll finish this chapter, chapter 3, and then I guess i leave it uh, open for questions. Uh, do we have any questions today? Hope I wasn't talking too fast. Was I too fast? Yeah, you were good. Thank yeah. you. Okay. Thank you. So, any question? I guess there are no questions.
Okay, before before I continue, I just first of all like to uh, just um, recognize the presence of our pastor here, Pastor Cecil Paul. Uh, he's uh, the pastor in uh, Saskatoon. Uh, he just uh, got here just not too long ago. Um, I just want to thank you, sir. Thank you, Pastor, sir, for for just gracing us, gracing us with your presence here, sir. We really appreciate it, sir. Pastor, thank you, sir. Thank you for blessing us so much. Although I was in between, you know, trying to coordinate some people that are coming to my house also, sir. Oh, okay. No problem, sir. Thank, thank you so much, sir. I'm grateful. And brethren, I greet everyone. It's good to, to be here with you guys. Tell me, Mike, one. I think his mic is on. Pastor is greeting also. So. <laughs> Good evening, sir. You're welcome. Nice to meet you, virtually. <laughs> yes, so at least it will be nice to see your faces, though. But I think Pastor is still continuing, right? So let me not disturb you guys. Maybe. Uh, okay. Um, uh, but me, I'll soon be leaving because we'll start our home meeting like six o'clock. Six o'clock. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. Yes. So I guess we can just, I don't know if we, if we can just uh, show our faces uh, quickly before Pastor leaves, and it's okay if, if if you don't want to, but it would be nice. Yes, sir. Let me show my own face first. <laughs> <laughs> so this is my this is my face. And, uh, we got here two weeks ago. Two weeks Sunday. Yeah, I'm trying to see this face. Okay, I know this face. No, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yano from? Do you live from Lagos? You left from Lagos to something? No, no, I came in contact with the ministry here in Canada. Ah, that's great. That's so, great. so I didn't even know EGFM until I moved here. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's good, Pastor. I could leave us now. Ah, okay. Good to see your face, Pastor. See me, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, my love to every other person in case they are not able to show their face. Yeah, and thank you for saying hello. I hope yes. to see you guys soon. Yes, you're welcome. Welcome to Canada. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. So, where are you? Like, what city? Saskatoon. It's cold. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, right now, they are even saying this weather is good, but I've still yet to adapt <laughs> or adjust. <laughs> but, this is summer. You've not seen anything. This is this is a very nice weather compared to where we are coming from. Ah, Pastor, it is well. <laughs> Amen. Thank God. <laughs> All right, sir. All right, sir. All right, let me allow you, sir. Pastor, can can I can, am I permitted to log out, sir? Oh ah, yes, sir. Okay, sir. Okay, sir. Because I have to go prepare now. All right, sir. Yes, you go. All right. Thank you, sir. All right, bye. Bye, sir. Yes. All right. So I guess no questions today. Okay. Do we have any? 
maybe question regarding last week or maybe any general question well we're good me and i have question is this is this how it is usually quiet sometimes because i be, i believe i believe this this session is usually interactive eh? Sometimes it's quiet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but we ask questions too. It all depends on. I don't know. How people depend. Okay. Okay. All right. If there are no questions today, I guess we can begin to to round up. Um, I don't know if Timmy can still hear me. Um, so no questions. Do I have questions for us? Okay, I guess I guess I have questions. Can we pretty much just maybe maybe just summarize quickly last last uh, what we understand? I guess maybe from last week and also maybe today. It's, you know, can we is, are we able to just give a quick summary? I just want to make sure that this is really you know helping us. And if it's not, maybe we can, like I can have a, an idea. Mm? So, can somebody, maybe, yeah, I know if you can maybe quickly give us a quick summary. Because every, almost everyone else is uh, mute, so I don't know if they yeah, have um, Is it of last week? Yeah, last week and today as well. If Just a, just a summary of just maybe what you, what you, we understand. Okay, um, so I'll talk about the parts that really spoke to me. Okay. <laughs> Um, so from last week, I think um, from verse 5, 1 Corinthians 2, 5, that says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying that faith then means living, like the way you live your life. So that gave me yeah. a, new, um, a new definition of how to look at faith, especially when reading the epistles and from all that you've been explaining about spiritual wisdom, that God wants to take us to a place where... Um, we live our lives not based on the wisdom of the world, yeah. but the power of God. And then we also correlated the power of God to Christ from Romans chapter 1, verse yeah. 16, that says that the gospel of Christ is the power of God. Yeah, so, so that's one. And then another part that we also really ministered to me was verse 6, too, that says that, however, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, not the wisdom of this age, nor the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. Yeah. So that that also really spoke to me, and I feel like it's kind of like a an encouragement or a reason to pursue God's wisdom, because mm. I think we're saying that at the end of the wisdom of God is the knowledge of God and an inheritance, but at the end of the wisdom of this world is the knowledge of the world, and there's nothing at the end of it. Mm. So even though it might feel good or exciting to the flesh, there's no reward, there's no inheritance. Yeah. So and if God's wisdom might look strange. We can continue to do it because we know that there's something at the end of it. There's a reward for it. And then you also talked about, we also talked about, because I know people ask questions about leading of the spirit, yeah. the, like the difference between leading of the spirit that changes nature and the one that is just for our own things. And I think you also touched on that today. Yeah. And the example of 
like if God leads to a, a car or something, that's just for your own need. It's good, but that's not what changes us. But when God begins to lead us in ways like maybe forgive somebody or walk in love or being meek, then that's actually leading that changes our souls and brings um, God's knowledge upon us. So, don't know if that's yeah, that's that that pretty much uh, captures it. Thank you. Um, and what about today? Then do you have any? Or maybe you needed time to also process that, I guess. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I need time to process that as well. Okay, okay, no problem. And um, I don't know if Timmy can hear me, but uh, I was just also thinking last week regarding no part of the question that you mentioned regarding um, um, when do you know you are fully you know spiritual? One of the yes. thing that I, I I just remember that I didn't mention is uh, when you talk about being spiritual, right? The scripture defines it at you know, to be spiritually managed is life and peace. And of course, the end of the beginning of being spiritual is life. The end is being at peace. And Romans five mentioned that being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And that peace with God actually is state. And what it means is that. When we are at peace with God, it means that when God begins to bring his things, instructions to lead us in his way, there is no hindrance within us. We are at peace with his person. There is nothing that rejects his life inside us. Um, it doesn't mean that we are perfect. Or I mean, of course, uh, let me see, let me put it this way. Because being at peace also means we are perfect, but it doesn't mean we are full of Christ. But it is a step right being full of christ is being divine right but the aspect i want to bring there is when we are at peace with god so a sign that we can know that we are spiritual or at least near it is that we are at peace with god inwardly when god begins to talk to us concerning his things trying to lead us we don't the world inside of doesn't speak against it to refuse it so god can easily come and begin to relate with us peacefully. If that, if that also helps, just to define it according to scripture. I understand. Okay, thank you. All right. I, sorry, I just thought, I just have a question. Yes. Something just popped. So, I don't know if you can touch more like this issue of all envy, strive, and all those things that we deal with. So my question is: Is it okay to, like, you feel the emotions, but you don't necessarily follow what those emotions give, you, like, tell you to do? So, for example, maybe you're feeling the emotions of envy, but you don't go in that direction. Does does that still mean carnality? Like, you recognize that this is envy, this is wrong, mm. and then you don't follow it through, but you still feel it, like. Even even if it's subtle, like how do you deal with that, and how do you transition? Mm. Like, can you ever get to a point where you don't even feel those things anymore? Okay. Um, first is the the aspect of that question is that the beginning maybe we still feel these emotions and we don't we don't go through that path. Now to answer that, as uh, I would say, well, um, because of how we have been, right. And the, the knowledge we know is how to handy, how to strive. So, those feelings are not going to just go away. Right? They, they, they may come, but then, because we are not beginning to use another wisdom, we are, we are able to realize, ah, this thing 
is really an issue and then we, are, we begin to walk away from it. Now that means that we are transitioning from being carnal to being spiritual because we are already dealing or moving away from that um, carnal attribute in the soul. And if you remember, when I say carnality, I'm not just saying that uh, the person's an unbeliever. Because the way we see carnality, I mean, at least for me, the way I used to see it is that when you say somebody is carnal, it just means that they're an unbeliever. They don't know anything about God. But carnality is not just being an unbeliever, right? It's actually the way of living inside the soul, right? Now, and the hardest thing to move away or to take away from a man is the way he lives. Because it is... Is almost imprinted in the soul, but it can be dealt with. So gradually and little by little, those things will be removed. So let's say the first time the strife comes, and then we are able to respond the way God has led us out of that. We now see that the more we obey God, the easier it becomes, and the less strength or power those emotions have over us. Now, when those and part of emotion, one thing about emotion is that it springs. Almost, it's like a spring. And the more we drink out of it, the more it floods within us. Right. Now, when we now begin to address it, before the emotion even begins to come, we, we have, we, we'll be able to respond with the wisdom of God. Say, ah, this thing, I know it. And I know the answer. Now, because the, 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 main, the main key to really dealing with these things is actually, is really having the answer to such to those kind of questions in the heart or to those kind of emotions when we don't have the answer yet there might be struggles now what leads to the answer is by following god's leading so the more we obey god and that as god is leading us out of those things the less those emotions flood our being and the lesser the lesser that the the less power it has then it gets to a point whereby we are divine, then those things no longer have a hold. Before they even approach, we already have an answer to them. And once we have an answer to it, that's the end. So eventually, we'll have an answer to those emotions. So definitely, I will say, we will get to the point whereby those things don't even touch us anymore. Those things don't even flow anymore because we have answer to them by living through righteousness we God will begin to instruct the soul now how God may lead every soul out of such things may not be the exact same but there will be instructions that will come and the purpose of those instructions on how to move away from those things would, is what would eventually lead to the answer we have part of it is all of a sudden maybe you just get to a point where you will just have a sudden realization in knowing inwardly, uh, uh, there will be an answer to that issue. So this is where this thing is functioning from within me. Ah, okay. This is why I feel this way. However, therefore, I will deal with this issue by not. So, for example, let's say, let's say, um, because part of part part what usually causes envy most of the time is when we. Let's say we, we, we love a position, a position that someone is in, right? And when someone in that position that begins to talk from there, we'll be like, huh, and this kind of thing is what I really want to. 
So, because we are envying their position, really, then what begins to happen is that they'll begin, because, ah, this is an issue. They'll begin to go and begin to ask questions. So, why am I, why do I envy that person's position? Okay, it is because maybe in, in me, oh, I like positions, or maybe I like, I like being the one on top, right? But it can take years before a soul can actually get asked that question about why am I feeling this way, right? But the process, all the wisdom of the Holy Spirit is that maybe over time you begin to, ah, you, f- you know you are envying, you f- okay, you know what? Pray for this person instead. So while this emotion of envy is coming and then Holy Ghost is leading us, ah, okay, let me pray for the person. All these things are instructions that will eventually lead to us having an answer to the problem, which is envy. So, through those leadings, the Holy Ghost will be leading us and showing us the way God will respond or God's righteousness will begin to have answer to those emotions. To those emotions, to those things as they flow and then we'll eventually be able to overcome those things. So, I guess maybe why the question may come sometimes is because maybe as we are learning, we see those things fountaining sometimes. We're like, ah! I'm a child of God, but I'm still feeling yes. this kind of, I'm still feeling this kind of emotion. And I can tell you, almost everybody feel that way. Because the soul hasn't fully been cleansed, right? And it's over time, as you are being cleansed, that we begin to deal with these things, we begin to deal with these things. So, when those things come, right, as long as we don't answer to them, that's awesome, right? But that doesn't mean we eventually stop, right? Because when we see those things fountaining, Part of what we should be doing is that ah, we are seeing a tendency, right? And then we need to we can then pray about it. And as we begin to pray about it over time, or it can be instant, however God wants to, right? Also, because it also depends on how we want to respond to God ourselves. As we begin to address those things, we just realize that we are at a point. Oh my God, this thing is no longer fountain like it it used to. Ah, thank God. Then we we'll overcome. I don't know if that makes sense. Did I answer that yeah. question? Yes, it does. Thank you, sir. Because I, I was my second question was like, it looks like it takes a long process because sometimes you overcome, you do really well, and you're so excited, like, yeah, I've got this. And then something else happens, and you're like, oh my God, I should know better than this. Why am I feeling this way? But thank you for, for your answer. I think I get it better now. Awesome. And yes, I mean, it, the thing is, it may or may not take long. It dep- Another thing is that it depends on the willingness of the soul. Because sometimes it's almost as if we like the way we feel when those kind of things come. And after, also the, the, the difficulty there is the sweetness of that life. But once we begin to gain strength by the spirit of might over time, right, we now realize that sometimes it's a lot easier to live some things. And it's, or it's getting easier to live certain things. And part of it that, like I said, I mean, it might take, like, I mean, it's also by God's wisdom, too, that these things, you know, we get delivered from them as, as we are faithful and we pray, you know, concerning these things. Part of it is that certain things that we have overcome is because it's staring us in the face. But sometimes some a different situation may lead to, you know, certain things flow that we now realize that, okay, there's actually another problem here. When we now look at it, and you actually go to the root of the issue. It may form, maybe it's envy that is showing up in the face, but you, when you not check it, it may not really be the envy that, envy that is the root. 
let's say maybe in this position of envy, uh, the reason why is ah, maybe I'm envying certain position, right? This one too, ah, maybe I'm I, I really like certain things, though, right? You now begin to look at you and realize that there's an actually a deeper issue than it initially is. But when those things show up and we are put in an environment, it's actually God's way or God's wisdom of exactly exposing certain things inside us such that we can deal with them. Right? So when certain, when certain things found in our house, we don't just quickly beat ourselves to, to death. Like, oh my God, I thought I was part. I thought, I mean, I thought I've joined you. What is going on? But it's, our response should be much more obeying God and dealing with such issues and you know, being faithful in responding to God as things come up so that we can be entire, perfect, lacking nothing. I hope that helps too. Yes, it does. Thank you, sir. Any other question? Okay. Looks like there um, because that's the end of it. Okay. All right. If there are no questions, let's just begin to um, thank God for today and appreciate God for his mercies and just thank him for today. How he has helped us to even go through First uh, Corinthians chapter 3 today. Let's just appreciate Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. Mahata vene hostefeni mushira kata zeniata. Epia zote feni mustite zeni katavaria. Zamina tafa evreto simatania. Endikariasta zete vene mushita baria. Embrasto. Father, we thank you for today, for your mercy and your kindness. Even to go through uh, the scripture today, to fellowship together one with another. Thank you, O oh Lord, even for your fellowship, your fellowship even with uh, with us and with one another t- t- today, this evening, Father, we give you praise. Oh, and I would just like us to just quickly pray, because, uh, I mean, from what we have been reading so far, it is clear that uh, heaven is particular concerning living by the spiritual wisdom of God, the spirit of wisdom. Can we just pray that heaven will endow us with the spirit of wisdom immensely, graciously that would move entirely from being kind of from vanity into the wisdom of god that our eyes will be enlightened by the provision of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him let us begin to pray that the lord will release his key that he will give us grace to transition even from carnality into spirit into his spirit into the spiritual wisdom which he has proposed for us before the foundation of the world that will receive so much help to come under the release of this spirit that this spirit will be given increasingly within us we can never say it's enough it's, i mean we don't know which situations and which areas we have not yet conquered so we just pray for help tonight that will receive so much help by the spirit for wisdom, for spiritual wisdom. Mahata zeni moshita karia zente. Episoto vanikata. Zemo sita. Zemo satima sita. Vereneshte menikata. Epriaz da zani halia. Epriaz zofi nyamata. Oh, fanimo mati mizovinimo wisdom. Epriaz to zenta wisdom. Emo zonto vina wisdom. Enza nahato wisdom. Eva zoto. Father, give us wisdom. 
Oh, spirit, your spiritual wisdom by your spirit. And so, Samina Kata Heredosh Tesenia, Empriata, Empriata Nomakate, every Sosefene Moshita Karia, Zetanima, Zetanima Soferekata, Zene Moshita Kata Kare Moshita Veta, Zeprioto, Zane Mahala Desima Kasefenata, Zetomisha, Zetomisha Koriva City Meshita Kenima, Zomiana, Emprozata Kata Kasefene Moshita. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for today. We give you all the praise for your spirit, for your help tonight, even to find grace by your word, even to fellowship, even to answer questions tonight. We say, be thou exalted, Lord, in Jesus' name. Father, as we go this week, we ask, O Lord, that you would make real even the presence of your spirit, even the dealings of the spirit of wisdom upon each and every one of us. Father, in any way that we have not yet yielded to you, we have not yet shifted from the carnal mind. Father, we ask, Lord, that you will release grace and mercy for deliverance, for exhortation to be raised out of carnality, even into being spiritual in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because you've answered our prayer tonight. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Thank you, Iyanu. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Toy. Even though I didn't hear your voice today. And thank you, Isosa. Thank you, everyone. And have a blessed week. Thank you, Pastor, for coming. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye everyone. You between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim shine forth. You dwells between.